Hey, my name's Julia, and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I left my full-time clinical dietitian job to pursue freelance work, and now I'm showing you how to do the same. If you want to learn how to make money freelancing, you're in the right place. Hey, and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with a dear friend who also happens to be one of my dietitian mentors, Kate historically is always involved in something cool. She's always up to something different. And I wanted to bring her on the show and record an interview that's more conversational, more storytelling. We don't necessarily dive into one specific freelance topic. I just really wanted you to sit back and learn from her because she has such a range of experiences under her belt. Kate does a great job at introducing herself throughout the episode, so I'll leave that up to her. But the only thing I need you to know about Kate is that she is the best chef in the world And one day she's probably going to open up a restaurant. And if she does, we should all get reservations. Let's bring Kate on the show right now. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you so much for joining me today. The guests don't know, but we've known each other for a long time. And I've always admired your creativity. And you're always someone who I have thought has pushed the boundaries of what a conventional RD role has to look like because you inject so much of your fun personality into it. And Not to mention, you're also an amazing chef and I love everything you've ever cooked for me. And I just can't wait to talk to you more about that today. But to start, do you mind sharing a bit about your RD journey and just introducing yourself to listeners? For sure. Uh, So I've been a registered dietitian now for 12 years. Uh, I started out working in endocrinology and then moved over to primary care with a family health team where I kind of fell in love with the team-based practice set up uh, and I continue to work there, but then started expanding into social media work, acting as a nutrition expert for television, radio, magazines. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've had odd jobs here or there uh, as, you know, I've been inspired or had opportunities and it's been a really fulsome career so far. <laughs> yeah. It sounds amazing. And I'm sure everyone just listening, you can tell you have such a wonderful radio voice, Kate, like you are meant to present things. <laughs> Well, they haven't been able to stop me from talking. So it's just years of experience of, you know, continuing to ramble and ramble. You know, you get good after a while. (laughs) I love that. And I don't always ask guests this question, but because I know you are such a foodie and such a food lover, I need to ask you because I've actually never asked you before. What is your favorite food to make at home? Oh, that is the impossible question because uh, as you know, I love food and I love experimenting in new genres I haven't even really explored. But if I have to say the thing I keep going back to when I have the most fun making, um, ice cream sandwiches. Oh my God, <laughs> Which, yes. Yeah, it's because you, uh, a lot of people, you know, if you go buy them, there's like a sub, like a single set of like ice cream sandwiches, but there's like limitless possibilities for different like cookies and ice creams you can put together. And I find making it to be really rewarding. It's my, it's my comfort food. It's my joy food. Um, and yeah, I just love making both components. So yeah, yeah. ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> that is amazing. Gold stars all around. And again, just to clarify, Kate does literally make all of those pieces herself. She makes her own ice cream at home. She does, you know, what is it? What do you call them? Custard based ice cream sometimes where you cook it beforehand before you freeze it. Like it's like mm-hmm. your yeah. place is the place to go. If you need a treat, let me tell, let me tell you. 
I feel like it helps me to connect with my family because uh, my my great grandparents actually had an ice cream machine, oh. and my grandparents would always talk about like using it like with the crank and like how it was like the family activity. I mean, I've got an electric one. I don't have the patience to be hand cranking ice cream, but it's uh, I think it runs through the family this love of of making it at home. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. Another another part of like when I think of you, I obviously think of foodie based things and endeavors that you're doing, but also I do think of your presentation skills. And I know you've had so much experience creating groups and also leading them both in your full-time capacity at a primary care setting and in a freelancing capacity. So can you share a little bit more about how the freelancing ties in to your RD career so far? I, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of working in dietetics is there's all these transferable skills. And I, I did start out developing groups and teaching groups um, in my main roles, um, but found I loved it so much. I looked for any excuse to keep doing it, even outside my regular work hours. Uh, so I started by connecting small. It was little things like, uh, you know, church groups that, uh, you know, showed an interest in wanting to learn about like healthy eating for diabetes and um, school organizations. Uh, and then, you know, those would kind of jump off into other things. So I started working with uh, kids that were at university that wanted to learn how to cook after they moved out of their dorms. And so, you know, once you kind of establish yourself as that person that does those kind of uh, presentations, and I would say 90% of the kind of presentations I would do involve actual food, whether I'm bringing samples as examples, or I'm actually cooking live. And I find that that was always a big draw. Everybody likes to eat. Everybody loves to have food. So, you know, if you have a hook, um, that really is where you can kind of expand your freelancing. And so that's always been my hook. I feed people. I bribe them with food. I love that. I love that too. <laughs> and it's great to hear too, just reinforcing a message I put on the show, which is like nine times out of 10, a freelance opportunity is going to be through networking and it's not going to be posted on a job board online, like a traditional RD job. Like there really is a lot of benefit to just putting yourself out there and talking to people and just seeing what comes up. Right. And exactly like you said having everyone know that that's your thing is great because then if, when the need comes up, you're the name that's going to jump to the top of their brain. I totally agree. I think early on in your career, it's really hard to find your like identity or brand for your freelancing. And there's no harm in just exploring and trying a lot of stuff. And you'll know, you'll know when you find it, because it'll be that thing that gets you like really excited. That thing that, you know, you could do for like six hours and you walk away and you're like still energized. Yes. Um, and as you build around that one thing, like people really, I find resonate when you're passionate about what you're doing. And so once you have that kind of central part of your brand, you know, your network just becomes like that spider web for you to expand and expand. And so I had to hustle a lot early on, I remember, but once I kind of established in my community, um, I would get reach outs from the strangest places just, oh, you know, my friend had you come in to do a demo and said great things. And so like you get this kind of continuous ripple effect over time, but uh, it's a lot of work up front. I will yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's the dream eventually to just have it snowball and people just seek your services out. Right. That's mm -hmm. what we all want for sure. <laughs> And I know you mentioned at the beginning, you did a little bit of brand work on social media. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about that? Maybe what brands or what kind of work you were doing? Uh, for sure. I mean, I don't know uh, about speaking of a 
specific brands because I've had, you know, it's been a, I learned a lot from working with brands, um, both positives and negatives. Uh, I think early on, like many dietitians, you know, you, you sometimes agree to do a lot more than maybe you should. Okay. Uh, in that, well, and, and not in a, like you're going outside your scope and that, you know, you just want the experience. And sometimes we don't always pause and reflect, like, does this, you know, resonate with who I am as a dietitian or, you know, mm. does this brand reflect the kind of like, uh, business I want to have. And so I remember being offered opportunities and this is why I don't want to say specific brands um, that say wanted me to cook a very specific dish. Uh, and I would look at the dish and go, you know, this just doesn't reflect, you know, the kind of whole, it was a lot of processed foods in it. And mm-hmm. I'm going, you know, as a dietitian, that's all about whole foods and cooking from scratch. This doesn't really work for me. And then, you know, they're flashing a lot of money at you. Um, It can be very tempting to be like, well, you know, just this one time, but I remember turning it down and I was a pretty hungry dietitian at that point. Um, But, you know, further into my career, I don't regret that. Yeah. Um, I regret that I kind of stuck with my brand, but then you find brands that do resonate with you. Yes. Um, Yes. But much like networking with my cooking demos, you know, it takes time to be established as that go-to person they want to use right? There's a lot of people in social media. It's a very competitive market. Um, and you have to be prepared, uh, kind of like auditioning for, for theater or movies. There's a lot of rejection yes, <laughs> initially until you become, uh, more established. Yeah. 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 And I, I definitely remember you being one of the first RDs that I kind of became aware of that was even doing work with brands because, you know, even five years ago, it was so taboo and a lot of uh rds had it was a- like you were going yeah <laughs> it was like you were going to the dark side like right? selling out or something <laughs> and i mean at the end of the day we're all extremely educated individuals and i have to believe that we would do anything that compromises our ethics um and that we're hopefully going to work with you know really quality brands that aligns with our values but i thought it was great i always thought it was great and i thought i'm like good for her like she should be tapping into this it makes complete sense that an rd would be working with a food brand right yeah i i agree it's definitely a lot less taboo and i think it's yeah. because we really push to be forthcoming when you know we're being involved in advertising yes um but i also think there's a greater value um put on health within brands in general and so they do want to use the dietitian's knowledge about, you know, the health benefits of their products. Whereas before, you know, they might've been trying to get you to push something that maybe wasn't so health focused. I find, I find it is easier to engage with um, companies and share your knowledge so that, you know, you can, you can collaborate appropriately. I Mm -hmm. think that's a challenge where the the power dynamics getting a little bit better. I feel we all want to get paid. We all want to eat. But I mean, working in the field that we do, it's, it, it's important that, you know, we're on point with what our message is and all, our messages all kind of can vary to a degree, but, you know, uh, certain companies may not have our best interests. Um, yeah. I remember early in my career when I was doing a lot, um, of television as a nutrition expert, um, 
I, I would be pretty straightforward about the, my best, my best seller when I would do radio and TV would be my Mythbuster section. So I would do these, you know, you know, we heard that this is the latest hot food. Is it true or not? And I would look at the literature and I'd be very honest and I would get slews of emails from these companies that sold this product being like, you need to look at the research. And it was really scary for me thinking, you know, that, you know, this poor little dietitian, they're going to come after me with their lawyers. But um, ultimately, you know, you send them back your research and you never hear from them again. Yeah. Um, so there can be, there can be that intimidation factor when you're going up against, you know, big companies or you're working with big brands, but you know, if you hold true and, and you stick to what, you know, um, you'll get through. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then you can always rally other dietitians. Cause I do find if they're, you know, advocating for why we are research-based and we know what we're talking about. I do find there's always RDs who come out of the woodwork to support each other, which is also super nice. So you're never truly alone as an RD. Yes. I, there, there's this wonderful community or at least this sense of community I find among dietitians, even people I haven't worked with for, you know, uh, since maybe like the beginning of my career, I often like still connect with and like support. Cause we're all on very different journeys. It's the beauty of what we do is like mm -hmm. it, it, the diversity of what we can do. And I, I have to say, Julie, I've really enjoyed listening to uh, all the different dietitians you've had coming on. Uh, it, they've, they've been, uh, I mean, it's a fabulous crowd of just really unique people. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I try hard to find people who have a little bit of something different to say and just inspire the rest of us. And that's why I brought you on too, Kate, because I do consider you to be one of those RDs. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and speaking of, you know, that's a really great segue to my next question, which is about your love of theater and your love of cooking. And I know once upon a time, you were really looking into expanding and to combining both of those loves into, you know, like one kind of, one kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? One package. Yes. And yeah. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Cause I think that's really unique and very interesting. I mean, it's still in the works and it's, it's funny, uh, if we had talked two years ago, um, I would have had a very different story, but as you know, this thing called the pandemic happened and mm -hmm. kind of backset a few things. Um, but yes, I've, I've worked in theater, community theater since I was quite little. Um, and I think that's actually where a lot of like my group presentation skills come from is, you know, it's a performance, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and so I'm working with a theater right now that eventually is hopefully going to have a permanent location where I am going to be designing recipes for them because cooking is one of my big passions, but I want to take my freelancing as a dietitian and blend that in there as well and do education on, you know, local food production and healthy eating and, you know, growing your own things and hopefully be able to offer like summer courses and things at our location um was hoping to be further in the process at this point but if there's anything I've learned in my freelancing career is you're gonna hit bumps um and you know sometimes you know you gotta you know dust yourself off and accept you know you need to change directions or try something different but um I still have faith that this will happen um I think it's just gonna take a little bit more time but that's okay there's lots of other freelancing opportunities in the meantime yeah absolutely and I think it's great to have those in the back burner obviously it's such a source uh it's such an outlet of creativity for you and such a passion and exactly like you were saying earlier you know it's it's great to hear someone talk about a topic that they are just so in love with because it makes the listener fall in love with it too and I mean theater has always been such a huge part of you ever since I've met you and just so the audience get to know you a bit better can you share maybe the last production you were in or the last time you had a show that you were in 
Uh, the last time I was physically on a stage, you mean, or like, so, uh, we did adapt and we started doing a lot of radio plays and voice work during the pandemic. So I've been doing a variety of voice work in, in shows. Like, uh, we did Sherlock Holmes, we did a Edgar Allan Poe series, and I, I was still developing recipes and doing some education around that online. Again, kind of adapting to the situation. Uh, we are actually hoping to have a live show again this spring, fingers crossed if everything, you know, continues to move in the right direction um but yeah it's uh it's been a number of years of doing various little voice productions um but uh I honestly it feels like forever ago I was actually on a stage I'm trying to remember what the last show would have been I feel like it was at a um oh you know what it was it was a man for all seasons I think um, which is this big three-hour production. It was a great show, um, but we did it in a church um, in July with no air conditioning. And I just remember wearing this like uh, velvet garment that was really hot. Um, that's uh, and and getting attacked by a bat um, oh. that was in the church. Yeah, it was dive bombing us during rehearsals. So <laughs> I mean, I love theater for that reason. You just never know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> that. that that's probably the last one, but it does feel like forever ago. Um, and I mean, the one thing I would say about the fact that, you know, I haven't been able to move forward with this freelancing thing is I think the reason I'm still optimistic about it is just because it's not the right time for a freelance opportunity right now doesn't mean it won't be later. And the best example I have of that is from the beginning of my career when I tried blogging. Um, and I came up with a blog called the sensible foodie. And this was before foodie was a word, yeah. or at least it wasn't a popular word. I learned it in like my sociology class. And I remember picking the name and my mother, like being like, why did you write foodie? No, but foodie's not a thing. And now look at the world. Like foodie is like the epitome of like terms for loving food. Right. So totally. Uh, I don't know if you feel this way, but just because, you know, the thing you're passionate about is maybe not popular right now doesn't mean there won't be a time for it later in your career. <laughs> oh my gosh. I a hundred percent fall, like fall in line with that belief. Um, but also I have to say, I am a very stereotypical late bloomer. And I will say personally, when I arrive to a trend, nobody cares about it anymore. Like I just watched game of Thrones and I was like talking to everyone oh, about really? it. Really? <laughs> I was like, everyone was like, this is like too late, Jules. Like, I can't, you're done. Like you should have been here four years ago. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's me. <laughs> oh, you're probably trying to talk about it now. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Squid game? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. So that's hilarious. So I, I appreciate what you're saying. Although if I'm totally honest, I think I might be on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> so I'm a late bloomer through and through. <laughs> Even late bloomers get their chance. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Phew. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about transferable skills. Obviously, you have such a diverse background, both professionally and with your personal interests. Did you want to elaborate how all of those skills have magically converged into your RD profession and how it helps your freelance pursuits? Yeah, I mean, I, I think my presentation skills come from my theatrical background. Um, and I remember doing live presentations was really easy, even during internship, you know, my, my preceptors would like throw me into these, like do a grocery store tour or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, um, but then I remember I was uh, logically thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm so good at this presentation thing. I, I could probably do television now. 
and I volunteered with Dietitians of Canada. And I remember being terrified the first time I did it, like actually shaking in the green room and being like, oh, this is not transferring like mm. at all. <laughs> um, but over time, it does work now. Um, uh, but, you know, they, how far you're willing to stretch your skills, like the, the, you know, the sky's the limit on what you can do. Um, you know, there's, there's so many opportunities in the, um, I had a really great manager for a number of years who gave me, uh, this solid advice, uh, saying, you know, if, if the job you want, if the dream job you want doesn't exist, go convince somebody to make it for you. (laughs) I love that. So, you know, you want to, you want to go teach nutrition at a winery, go make friends with somebody who owns a winery and pitch yourself to them. Um, just because the job doesn't exist, doesn't mean you can't make it exist. Right. And so that's kind of how I got involved with this theater is, you know, I, pitched my skills and uh, made them relatable to what they were looking for. And so now I'm kind of on this new, exciting journey, transferring my skills over um, into the world of theater and food design, um, but still slowly bringing my dietetics into it. So, you know, some of it's my dietetic knowledge, but it's also, you know, all these skills you build from, you know, being a counselor, being a presenter, working in admin, calculating things like you, um, I think a lot of dietitians, you know, really strive to be very good at what they do, but don't give enough credit for how many skills they build, um, even right from the get-go in what they do. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think my, my counseling skills that I've developed in primary care, working there three and a half years have ended up being my most invaluable skills now. I mean, even as a host for a podcast show, like it's just easier for me to connect to people relate to people, you know, communicate more efficiently. Like it's just so mind blowing how, when I was talking one-on-one to patients, I thought like, okay, like I'm doing an okay job. Like they keep, it felt like I had good rapport, but now that I've left that position and I'm using the same skills in a new environment, I really do see like, okay. Yeah. Like those skills I developed are incredibly helpful. Well, it, it makes you a good listener and you're able to connect the dots, right? You're always solving problems for your patients. And now when you're connecting with people, say on a podcast, um, you're able to pick up on little things and kind of continue the conversation. And, you know, you might not necessarily automatically draw that, but I mean, it is a transferable skill, like you said. And so, um, (laughs) and by the way, fabulous, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I'm thinking also, I I always digest in the moment when I'm, you know, thinking about something new in a conversation that I wasn't necessarily expecting to think about, which is you're so right. Like when I think of all the hard and soft skills that a dietitian has, like the list is endless. I think classically, you know, when you ask an RD to fill out a resume, it's always like four pages and we always have to like taper it down, you know, cause that's like way too many pages for a resume. (laughs) But I'm always pushing the margins on mine as far as possible until the printer almost can't handle it. I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to edit. Something has to change. (laughs) Yeah. Like RDs are just so notoriously multifaceted. And I do think it lends us to be excellent freelancers, which is why we're here and why we're sharing this knowledge. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. So that wraps us up for this episode. Did you have any final thoughts or did you want to leave any social like media tags for people to find you? Uh, for sure. I mean, uh, my dietetic socials are down right now, but the work I've been doing with, uh, the theater is up and running right now. So if they want to check me out at Kate, uh, at Kate Ratcheter on Instagram, they can see some of the fabulous recipe design we've been working on. 
Um, and I, I think I just want to re-emphasize for anyone who's listening and, you know, not feeling sure about dipping their toes into this again, just because what you want to do doesn't exist, doesn't mean you can't make it happen. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a really powerful message. And I think that will inspire some listeners for sure. You're so open. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Kate. Well, thank you so much. And I'll catch up with you another time. Thank you. That wraps up another episode for the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. Thank you so much to Kate for coming on the show and thank you for being patient. We did record that episode a couple months ago. Next week, I'm bringing on another mentor of mine. Her name is Shauna Melbourne. She works primarily in the eating disorder field and she also educates RDs on how they can improve their skill set and confidence working in that population. So as a trigger warning and just foreshadowing, we will be discussing eating disorders and disordered eating a little bit. Um, So if you're uncomfortable and you'd rather skip that episode, obviously that's completely understandable. The main topic that we will be discussing is actually going to be about cold calling because Shauna had a lot of experience about that when she was getting her business set up and she does also freelance presentations. So cold calling is not dead. It's not only relying on email and video guys. Cold calling can be a very useful tool as well. If you like the show, please consider dropping a five-star review. It really means the world to me and the guests who come on. We invest a lot of time and a lot of love into this project and it would just make our day. If you have questions or if you want to pitch yourself to come on the show, you're more than invited. You're more than welcome to do that. Excuse me. There's a pitching template on my website that you can fill out. And if it's a good fit, I'll reach out. That's it for now. I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.